from the past? What do you have a checkbook for? To write checks. To who? Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20 cent die. I'm Jordan and Cody, don't say anything stupid, just say your name. Hi Jordan, I'm Cody, how are you? <laughs> I can tell you were winding up. <laughs> I, I saw you were about to say something about checkbooks, I'm like... Don't do it. I was Don't definitely going to say something about checkbooks. Of course I write checks. I have to write checks to pay my rent. Whatever. That's why I have why? a check. I love that. That's like just... an extremely cold opening. People are going to open this up and be like, what? Sorry. Anyways, this is not a podcast about checkbooks. Jordan just lives in the past. What's up, Cody? How have you been? What have you been watching recently? Well, I got a motorcycle running recently, Jordan. Dude, please don't. You're going to die. You're going to leave Mandy a widow and um, Graham without I'm a father. I'm going to be fine. I've been riding a motorcycle for 10 years. Yeah, but that was, yeah, and that motorcycle sentence. has been 10 years. <laughs> well, no, my oh, yeah, motorcycle is like a 76. Oh, it's my very God. old. Oh, did you not know this? Bro, yeah, your motorcycle's 40. It's, it's a legit vintage, like... This is an old, old, old and motorcycle. You, you tried to correct me when I said you were going to die. No, but here's the thing about... Well, okay, I mean, motorcycles are dangerous, yes. You know, sh- But crap. for one thing, I, I'm going to be riding in low-traffic areas at very low speeds, which helps. And the other thing is, if something's going to go wrong on my motorcycle, all it's going to mean is that it stops. Which is not the worst thing to happen. So, I'll be okay. Um, okay, well, other than the dev trap that you've started up again your frankenstein of a motorcycle what have you been into dude um i listened to uh the next book in the series the expanse which is the third one i thought you finished the expanse already well there's like eight million books oh. so no i have not finished it um it's just i finished that, the that's second the one. that's the one with the tv show that like you're not a fan of because it doesn't have the same heart right it's just, it's different, and it's... Uh, I do listen this, to you. this book was uh, different, and I don't know if it was in a good way. Oh. I'm not sure if I liked it. Oh, it kind of has that bad. problem. Well, it's like, I don't know, it's tough. The, the first and second book set up this, like, team of not really outlaws, but they're like f- a freelance ship captain and his crew of misfits, and they're like so, the fun. So like Star Wars. Yeah, kind kind of. Um, okay. not not wholly dissimilar. I swear to God, I don't know the Expanse, and I didn't steal it. Well, but I mean, they are a crew of people flying through space in their spaceship, like, right? Like and Dark they're, Yeah, they're a little bit more valid, like because they like technically are affiliated with a certain government. Okay, but then, so you know, so they, they're not just completely like their own thing they have like some sort of like not licensure but like some sort of reason of being they're they're like a freelancer but they're affiliated um and so you know and then they go and get into space adventures the problem is they are quickly becoming wholly irrelevant to the story of the book so how are the main characters irrelevant to the story yeah, right, because they're a small part of a much larger story, right? There's So it's like some of the stuff that happened in the last season of Game of Thrones. Yeah, kind of. But there's like this bigger plot involving like aliens and politics and all of these other things. And in the first book, they were central to that just because they were like there. They were at ground zero. And so the fact that they were four people was irrelevant because they were just the only people there. So it mattered. The story was about them because they were the ship that happened to be there when stuff popped off. The problem now is there is no longer any reason for one ship 
with a crew of four people to be at all relevant in anything. Because they're just four randos. And there's like the UN Navy and the Mars Navy and all of these other planets' navies like vying for control of the galaxy. And then they have like their one little tugboat. And they're like, we matter! And everyone's like, no, you, you man. Yeah, I, I get that. That... So I, they kind of keep getting pushed back into the plot, but it's like, why are you, you're just a guy now. Like, it, there's nothing. It feels like it's that thing where, like, the author wants to write something, but, like, these are his main characters, so he has to put them, he has to find a way to constantly put them into the story. Yeah. Okay. And it, yeah. it's kind of Game of Thronesy, y and yeah. then it has, like, POV characters. Yeah. Um, so each chapter is a character. And so, like, in this I don't know if book, I like that. <laughs> I mean, it's an interesting style. I don't hate it. Um, so, like, in this book, you would have chapters from Captain Holden, chapters <laughs> from uh, Security Chief Bull, and Captain or chapters from uh, this lady who's a Reverend Dr. Anna, right? And the problem is, every chapter with Holden, who's the main character of the whole series, I'm like... I don't care. And every chapter with Anna, I'm like, yes, more plot, please. Yeah, and that, um, that's like kind of what I read into some books where it's just like there got to be certain characters where I just didn't care. And I was like, I have to read this because if I don't, I'm not going to know what's going on. But I don't want to read this because yeah. I don't care about this person. It's like nothing they're doing matters to me. And then like the way that Holden becomes relevant, I found kind of it was a little bit of a retcon in my mind. It was like. He's been fighting evil company, and then he won. And then it's like, hey, that evil guy, he had a daughter. She hates you now. She's oh going to come kill That's you. That's anime. We, we haven't referenced her before. That's you literally don't know anime. Her. Yeah. That is that is literally an anime plot. I've seen that before. Yeah. It's, it is has he going to power up, too. and then they're going to have a huge fight, and then he's going to spare her life, and she's going to be friends with him afterwards? Is that what's going to happen? Don't even get me started about how the story ends with her, like, kind of being on his ship as, like, a kind of fugitive forever. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, no. No, that that is anime. It, it got a little... <laughs> I, I'm I sorry that I always compare everything to anime, but that's the thing I'm, like, the most well-versed at in comics, so that's what it's, I'm going to draw back on a lot. I don't... I don't think you're wholly inaccurate in this case. I don't think so either. <laughs> but yeah, no. That, see, like, I don't know if I want to get into The Expanse because I've heard, well, other than you, because i heard people who have just watched the TV show say it's amazing. Mm. And But that, that's just people who don't know the source <laughs> material. So, like, they say it's good. And I'm like, I don't know if I want to get into it because I, I'm now learning that the book will always be better. There's, there's a few cases. Sometimes... But the yeah. book will mostly be better. I can name two right off the top of my head where it's not, but... Cloud Atlas. Yeah. And Cloud Atlas. Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas, Cloud Atlas. But yeah, yeah. it's just like... But just... Eh, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I don't know. I don't know if I like reading sci-fi. I like watching sci-fi. I like sci-fi comics and other stuff. But I don't know if I like sci-fi books. I think the audiobook to me is real worth it. My library had it, which is how I've been listening to all yeah, these. Yeah. But it... It was well read, and I think the story, like the interest of it for me, is that it is. I say realistic, and that's uh, tricky, but right. it makes an effort to portray 
traveling in space and being in space in a more realistic way. So a lot of the conflict and the plot centers around being in space is very dangerous and you can't take any of it lightly. Um, so like travel distances and times are kind of portrayed in a realistic way. Like, yeah, no, I found like the best thing to do about travel distances and stuff like that is just to write in a way to warp speed. Well, and they kind of have that, but it's, it's local. It's only solar system. So, and it's still, even then it's like, if you're going from here to here, it's taking months to get there. Oh yeah. Um, No, when I've. Like try, dabbled in my own sci-fi writings. It's been like, oh yeah, no, they got there like three days. <laughs> well, and the other thing too is it actually works in terms of like adjusting orbits. So oh, it's not like, and then we fly there. It's like we had to do a burn for this long to get us to here, and that put us in this orbit. And that's interesting. The the like different people that live in different gravities, it affects them physically. So like people that were born in space can't go to earth cause it'll just crush their bodies. Um, so there's like <laughs> racism between like people that were born in outer space that are like all elongated and stretched out and have never known gravity and people on earth that are seen as Short like these stocky squat, little yeah. dwarves. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's fun. So it's, it's actually, it's pretty fascinating as like a more realistic depiction of space travel and like, the way law works in outer space is fascinating. Like the culture that popped up around it is like very brutal around the notion of like, you don't mess with our ability to keep breathing. Interesting. Cause if you're out in the middle of a space station and you run out of something, it's a month before it gets there. So you just die. Yeah. So if someone like steals something that you <clears throat> need to survive, it's like, you're dead. Like there is, <laughs> There's no middle ground here if you're if you're wrecking this thing that keeps us from dying in space. Yeah, um, yeah, no. That see, it all sounds interesting. Like this, it's funny because it's like the most we've talked about like a singular topic is because I I love sci-fi. It's just I don't know how reading it goes because I haven't really read I too much sci-fi. I have probably read more sci-fi than I've watched. I would say. That's debatable because I've watched a lot of Star Trek. Well, I mean, um, if I would count Star Trek as one thing. Unless you're saying you've yeah. watched every single Star Trek series. I'm not saying. You, you have? Okay. I'm not making fun of you. I'm just saying it's like. I mean, I, I've watched Enterprise, the original Star Trek, Next Generation, I, Voyager, Deep Space I remember Nine. Voyager was always on TV. Like It's because, well, Voyager, well, it was. When we were 10, yeah, so Voyager was, Voyager, it was yeah, also it was, garbage. I just remember, like, no matter what, we would always find Voyager on, and I always had no clue what it was. It was like, it was like <laughs> gritty Star Trek, if I remember correctly. Uh, I mean, I don't know. It was a little bit. It was different Star Trek. I don't know. I just could never get into it because I was used to, like, Spock and um, Kirk and all of that fun stuff. And yeah, the, the worst Star Trek? Yes, okay. that one. I like. I'm, I'm throwing shade. I'm all... I'm all Jean Luc Picard. I, I, well, now I did like John- that was a good movie. Yeah, dude. Star Wrath Trek Three was, was okay. So cool, dude. Wait, two? I don't remember. Or three. I just remember watching. It, like, I think that was three. I don't even think I watched it when I was a kid. I think I watched that like as an adult. It's like, yeah, I, I liked Wrath of Khan. And then I but... watched the new Wrath of Khan. I was just like, it's fine. I it was as an action movie, it was fine. As a start, start. I think it was better than the Star Trek Beyond. Which you disagree with. I, you heavily I disagree. disagree. Yeah. yeah, we've had this argument. I, I think on this show we've had this argument before. 
I liked Beyond better because it was... It was more, more true to um, the Star Trek feel, right? Well, and it was also just, like, narrower. It felt less confusing. It was, like, pretty simple as a story. It, and it was kind of dorky. It felt like it was having more fun. It wasn't like, to me, it, we're going to do the Inception soundtrack. Bum! Bum! Like, uh... It's just... I, I don't know, man. I, I really... I don't know. I'm... I was fine with it. I'm fine with most things that I watch, honestly. Like, I was still still fine with Game of Thrones, honestly. <laughs> uh. um, so, on my side of things, what have I been watching? Um, Still watching season two of One Punch Man. It's fine. It's not, it's not as good as the first one, but, like, oh, well. Like, eh. I, it, Are you watching it dubbed or subbed? I'm um, subbed. Because it's on Hulu. The uh, second season's coming out like weekly on Hulu, subbed, uh, and so I'm, so I'm watching gotcha. it subbed. I'm um trying to get into a couple of other things. Um, you told me to watch Goblin Slayer, and I kind of really want to watch Goblin Slayer. Well, I to- I told you I'm watching Goblin Slayer, which is different than telling you, you to okay, watch Goblin actually, Slayer. Fine. What I said was wrong. You said, have you watched Goblin Slayer? I said, no. You said you were watching it. And then I'm like, oh, I've heard good things. I want to watch it too. So I want to watch it too. Because what I, what I originally I am, said was not what happened. <laughs> I am confused about how I feel about the show Goblin Slayer. We, we, it's just, it's very much like there are some really funny parts of it. And there are some really clever parts of it. And then there's the part where the all the girls take a shower oh. together. So it's got both. You know, it's got I both problems. I was told problems. to get past the first episode because of the certainty, See, which I don't want to talk about because it's a heavy topic that I do not think I'm like qualified to talk about. <laughs> and I agree with you, right? And that was kind of what I went in thinking. And then I got past that episode. And the very next episode... Um, Goblin Slayer has, like, a best friend that's practically a sister, and she spends a whole lot of time just wearing a bra. And I'm like, well, okay, so, all right. (laughs) See, that's the thing. Anime will always be anime, no matter how hard you try. It will always come back to that fan service. Hey, look, Jiggly Boobies, anime. And that's what I hate about it, because you can do so much better without having... That's one I thing like, I liked about okay. JoJo's. It didn't have too much female fan service. There was a lot of muscly men flexing, which to a female or someone who likes men, that's probably great. Me, I just thought it was cool to see a bunch of dudes beat each other up. I am not wholly opposed to I mean, I watched Kill a Kill. Neither am I. <laughs> um, And it doesn't necessarily always bother me. I watched like Kill, I Kill a Kill. It. it didn't bother me either. <laughs> right. Um... And I guess, though, it's just sometimes when explaining to people that you watch anime, they're like, oh, okay. And then they watch it, and they're like, the frick is the matter with you? And I'm like, but you don't understand. That's why, other than this show, I never tell people that I watch Kill a Kill, because I get, that's like, ugh. Like, someone looks at the pictures, like, oh my god, you watched that? I'm like, never saying this again. I didn't watch it because she has a jiggly butt. I watched it because the plot was cool and the fighting was awesome. But then I stuck around for the I jiggly mean, butt, I didn't so. leave because of the jiggly butt. It's just like, <laughs> I was there through the jiggly butt. Um, <laughs> My mother's going to listen to this. And I was just going to like, like butt like over and over again. She's going to just... Oh god, I'm gonna get a talking to. <laughs> my my point is that American shows are hyper violent. Japanese shows are like, hyper fanservice-y? Well, it's just like their humor and what is considered like acceptable is different between different cultures. We 
Oh yeah, have you ever watched French TV? Oh my gosh. I have not. (laughs) Their humor Um, is a lot different than ours, is all I will say about that. Right. And it's just like, it seems shocking, and then eventually you kind of get past it and just accept it's like a shorthand. Because like, our television shows over-sexualize women. Yeah. And treat them as objects. And sometimes in far more unfortunate ways. And we kind of give those a pass. So it's like, well, I don't know. (laughs) You know, I I, I get you on that. And I mean, that's definitely a conversation I want to have on time when we're not probably going to have a super long episode like today. Yeah, well, we might also have a super short episode. Judging this time, I thought you said your story was six pages and five. I don't know how long five pages takes about twenty minutes is what you said, and I found mine takes about twenty minutes is when I did mine. I I I read mine in like oh no, I I have to do it out loud or else I don't know what I'm doing. But um, so Cody, please explain what this week is. So we're reading the first chapter of our short story that we pitched from last week. That we pitched from last week, and we're also going to... I actually don't know what short story you wrote. I, th- I accidentally gave away which one Yeah, I'm I was going to pretend we like were... I didn't know and act super surprised. No, it's it's pretty, it's pretty I, clear I'm... what I did. Well, our fans don't know, so we're going to leave it at that until we actually start the stories. So yeah, we last week we pitched a bunch of... Um, well, three stories each of what we wanted to do for the next four weeks. We were just going to be focusing on one story and then after that we'll go back to world buildings more deconstructions and maybe other ideas but yeah also please give us feedback about this stuff because we want to we part of this is doing this for ourselves but like i don't want to just do something that everybody's gonna hate (laughs) well and especially this because this is the most kind of off-brand thing we're doing so if this is miserable and painful to listen to We've only got three more episodes oh, yeah, we're of it, and then we don't ever have to I do need it to again. I finish out the story. I'm very happy with what I've done. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Is like, yeah, at the very least, we have this episode. I don't and think three it's going to so. be like abysmally like received. I don't think people's going to be like, "Oh, I hate you for it." <laughs> I was talking to my brother about that, and I was I was in the middle of writing, and my brother called me, and I was like, "You do remember that part of Parks and Rec where Ben Wyatt is like?" <gasps> He's unemployed and he's just doing like a claymation yes. video. Yeah. And then he wa- he watches it back and he's like, that can't be it. And I'm like, that's sort of how I feel every time I start writing something like this. I'm like, I read yeah. it back and I'm like, no, it's got to not be so just So first, this. when I tell my story, you need to give me a 100% honest opinion. Tell me exactly like things. Give me critiques. I don't want to be like, oh, yeah, that was good. Give me critiques because... Again, I'm not a writer. I don't know how this is going to come off, but it comes off can great I give one, in my head. What? Can I give one caveat of a critique what? I don't want? Please do not mention that I use about three words in this whole story and repeat them over and over um, and over again. I know I don't like that I'm doing it either, but this is the book Yeah, yeah, right yeah. Now. No, but yeah, definitely... I, 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 I won't critique that, but yeah, definitely critique me and like let me know because I'm I'm not a writer. I like I like writing now because of this show. I didn't like it before this show, but I like writing and like I like doing these types of stories. So definitely critique me and people. Um, if people listening, please email me or Cody, both of us at worldshoppodcast at gmail Again, I'll post it in the link. But yeah, just just let us know how we're doing. That's really all. Okay, Jordan, we've hedged yeah, enough. I, you you got to get into you know it. I'm doing you it. can tell I'm nervous. So you want to roll for initiative? Jordan, yep. we're rolling it. I'm always yeah. nervous, buddy. Oh, gosh. Off the table. Hold on. Ooh, that's not good. Mm. What, what do you do? What, what, 
I rolled a seven. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I rolled a six. Oh! That's dang. really... Wait, All right. Is, yeah, it's a six, not a nine. Okay. No, it's a no, six. No, that's okay. It's okay. It's a six. That's, that's really funny. Right. <laughs> like, when you do beat me, it's always by a very small margin. Except for last right. week, where this, you got I, me by like 10. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I got you by... I got a better than 50% chance of not having to... You know, I mean, if first, you don't want to go first, okay. I can, but... No, I'm good. Okay. I'd actually kind of prefer it because then it's like I get to just sit back. I honestly wanted to go to first because I wanted to like – because if you kill it, mine's going to sound lesser than that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a competition, Jordan. I know, Jordan, but I it's... hate coming in last. And there's only two of us. There's only, and there's only two, two of us. us. So I'm coming in last no matter what. <laughs> Oh, okay, so <laughs> right. I have a title change. This oh. was going to be called The Littlest Adventure. Yes, yes, yes. Title's not the littlest adventure. Oh my anymore, god, he's doing the little adventure and not agrarian. Thank God. <laughs> that you already knew. I know, but, but yes, like this is it's funny because we had one person like, oh man, I wish he did agrarian. I'm like <laughs> Well, that's because agrarian was a great it, idea. I mean but to anyways, some people it was. This is based on the littlest adventure, and then I started writing it, and it's not exactly the littlest oh, adventure, so, you so it's a little it up. bit different. Interesting, cool. Not not really like not from you anything that I said in just the pitch. Read your story. <laughs> but anyways, it's called Wanderlust. Ooh, now. I love that title. Yeah, I thought that was good. I saw a goblin today. It was in the woods that are behind my parents' new house. I'm not really sure what that means. Probably it was just in my head. I mean, how does that make any sense at all? At all. Okay, here's what's up. It was late last night, and, well, my parents told me not to, but I was out exploring the forest behind our house. The thing is, dark is the best time to explore because everything is a discovery. I had taken my dad's big mag light and was trying to walk without making a sound. It was so dark. All the lights of the city could not make it through the dense trees. The further I got into the forest, the thicker the brush got. Miss Brent! Miss Brent! Alexis Brent! I look up with my stomach plummeting. My teacher, Miss Riff, was staring at me in that way that meant I was definitely in trouble. Um, yes, I, um, what can I do for you? I hate saying the phrase even even as I say it. Well, you could read the next chapter of The Great Gatsby if you are not too busy. It's funny because we just talked about The Great Gatsby yesterday. (laughs) I also looked up seventh grade curriculums. Anyways. (laughs) Right. Yeah, uh, of course. Um, What? I looked down at my book, open to the title page. What page were we on? (laughs) Uh, I lost track. We are on page 15. And what what paragraph are we on? Miss Riff snapped. She walked over to my desk, looking down at my notebook. She, she snatched it up and looked at, well, what should have been my notes. I would compliment you on taking visual notes, but somehow I don't think this has anything to do with the great Gatsby. She shoves the notebook back in my face. The picture of the goblin I had drawn, or really the picture of the goblin I had seen and then drawn, looking back at me. If you refuse to participate, fine, you can read by yourself in the hall. Being new to this school is no excuse for poor behavior. Now, out! I looked around confused. I did not know what to do. 
All the students looking back at me were sneering, and the others were pretending not to see me. I felt alone. As I gathered up my stuff, I tried not to look at anyone else. There were so many unfamiliar faces, and none of them were kind. I ran out before tears started leaking out of my eyes. It made me so mad. It was not... I was not really upset or scared. It was, I was just mad that she had kicked me out of class for something so small. I slumped down against the wall in the hallway and looked down at the sketch of the goblin. It's a confusing feeling. The hallway I was sitting in was so normal. Uniform lockers, scrubbed floors, harsh overhead fluorescent bulbs. It was just normal. I looked down at my sketch. It was, the, it was not the drawing that gave me the odd feeling... It was how real what I had seen last night was. It moved. It didn't move like something from a video game. More like a wild animal, snuffling and random. It looked so alive and impossible. The creature was maybe three feet high, standing on stout legs with long arms and even longer fingers. The clothes had too much detail. I'd seen pictures of goblins, I'd seen them in movies... But fantastic things were always so smooth and clean and fake. The creature I saw last night was weathered. Their clothes looked rough, and the belt slung around their middle held many pouches made of some kind of dark leather. Also, the goblin was holding a torch. An honest-to-God, on-fire torch. I mean, I had heard of torches, but you never actually see a torch. The goblin looked like something from the past. It just did not belong in the forest behind my parents' house. Or in the same town as this sterile hallway I'm sitting in now. But for now, I sat and drew. I could not decide if I would be disappointed by never seeing the goblet again, or relieved. After what felt like days of sitting alone in the hallway, the bell rang, signaling that I should go to my next class. The door beside me swung open, and all my classmates started walking to their lockers. I followed at the back of the pack when Miss Riff called out, Miss Brent, please come here for a moment. She sounded less than thrilled, and I could not think of anything to say, so I followed, back into her classroom, looking at my shoes, feeling my stomach drop again. I am calling your parents this evening to discuss your behavior. I know that you are new here, but this is not the first time you have been caught in your own little world in my class. This behavior is unacceptable. I hope you do know that. You do, don't you? She paused, waiting for confirmation... A defense? I still didn't really know what to say, so I settled on nothing. <laughs> I think that was the wrong idea. Her face dropped to a scowl. And Hellboy just attacked me from the top of my computer. Sorry. <laughs> um, really uh, sorry. quick notes. You have an extremely great flow on this. I'm definitely diving in. I'm paying attention because I'm drawing the um, goblin that you were talking about. But yeah, no, no, I no, like no. I, it. I, I re, I'm no, you're like good. Fully into this, so yeah, you can go. Sorry, you can go back. No, you're fine. I'm okay. just finding where I was. Hellboy yes, distracted me. Uh, okay, you do know that was bad, don't you? Okay, she waited. Her face dropped to a skull. Got it. Alexis, doing nothing, saying nothing is not a defense or an explanation. If you don't want to talk to me, fine. Hopefully, you can talk to your parents, and if not them, someone. Because silence is not going to be enough to let you pass my class. She stared at me a few moments longer, then sighed. All I could do was keep my eyes down and look at anything but her face. You are dismissed. Get to your next class. 
It's hard to even describe the feeling of waiting to go home from school knowing that bad news was coming home with you. It's not that I loved getting lectured, but the waiting, that was the bad part. I just tried to hide and keep my head down. That worked for the most part. Mrs. Riff was wrong. I could remain silent, withdrawn to my notebook, and no one noticed. My new classmates didn't. At first, being a new kid made me popular. People would come up and ask me questions and ask me to join their clubs or eat with them. But before long, that faded, and I was really just the new girl that didn't know anybody. No one was mean, they just didn't care. So I withdrew, and I sketched a world for my goblin. Each class, I would fill pages with places for the goblin to live and who we would live with. Before I knew it, I was walking home. Not really consciously, just on autopilot. My house was close to the school. I could walk home without crossing any major streets, just sidewalks and a few neighborhood paths. That is why my mom and dad picked this house. It was perfect, they said. It was a neighborhood full of people I could become friends with. I could walk to school. There was a nice strip ball nearby. Low crime. Good school. It went on and on. I don't hate my parents for making me move. I mean, I get it. You have to have a job, and sometimes jobs move. That did not make the situation suck any less, though. Just before my street, the path through the neighborhood led beside a thick growth of old trees. The same trees where I had seen the goblin before. As I walked past, I felt a moment of dread or excitement that I really, uh, and I could not really explain which. I stopped and stared into the trees. I could walk into that forest. It might be worth it. Delay having to talk to anyone for a while. I hesitated and then walked into the dense underbrush. As I worked my way through snagging and tearing shrubs, I felt my, I felt a sense of calm wash over me. It was peaceful. It was quiet. It felt right. Then she ruined it. I shoved my way through a particularly thorny bush and stumbled into a small clearing and saw the oldest woman I have ever seen. She was wearing rough clothes with more patches than fabric. She had gnarled hands wrapped around a tin cup she sipped from loudly. She was reclining against the stump of a tree with a massive backpack beside her. I froze. I think she was homeless. Or a hobo, or a character from an after-school special about stranger danger. In that moment, my mind went blank, and the only thing I could think to be is annoyed that she had ruined my walk, and all I could say is, Hi! My voice was high and clearly afraid. The old woman turned towards me and smiled a gap-tooth grin. Well now, there she is. Come, dear, and warm yourself by my fire. It's cold, after all. Um, it's September. I mean, it's summer. I mean, it's fine. It's warm. As I said this, I felt a shiver run down my spine. I was hit with an icy wind. The world spun for a moment. It felt like a storm was rolling in. Winds competing to blow in the same space. It felt like change. Dear, I may not be refined like you... But could you quit looking at me like I'm about to bake you into a pie? <laughs> Being old does not make me a witch. Sit down and chat with an old lady. She gestured at a log set up by the fire. Always be prepared for guests and you'll never be disappointed to have one. <laughs> she said with the air of an old person giving what they call sage wisdom. 
Well, it was talking to her or going home to my parents. Um, hi. How are you? She looked at me quizzically as I sat down. You, my dear, strike me as someone unfamiliar, sitting with old mysterious ladies in a dark forest. Well, I mean, you're not wrong. Is that something you typically do? Every night! (laughs) She cackled delightedly at her own joke. Oh, yeah, right, of course, because you're old. I mean, so... Do you live here? What? In the forest behind your house? Nope. Just passing by. You see, I am a wanderer. Oh, right. Yeah. Wanderer. That is, I mean, um, how did you get into the wandering business? Or is it like you just kind of wandered off and, uh... Hi, I'm Alexis. The old woman blinked. Deb, dear, call me old Deb. And as you put it, yes, one day I did just wander off. And I have not seen much reason to stop since then, so I keep wandering. Would you like some of this wonderful coffee, dear? Um, yeah, sure, I mean, I drink coffee. Well, this is a very special coffee. See, it's hard to find. And the best coffee is grown at the heart of the Bitterroot Jungle. Just getting to the farmer's village is dangerous. You see, the farms move when, since the whole jungle is floating. The trick is being able to read the tides of soil as it shifts slowly around you. And once you get there, you have to haggle with the sloths. That's its own challenge. Anyway, once you get the beans, then you have to dry and roast them. The best place for that is over lava at the top of Forge Mountain. But here's the problem. The beans spoil fast, so I have to travel faster before they go rancid. Don't even (laughs) get me started on how to properly grind the beans once they're roasted. I just stared as she (laughs) rambled on about coffee. I mean, sure, people like coffee, but old Deb was making no sense, and I'm pretty sure she said she got the beans from (laughs) the sloth. I kind of just smiled and nodded occasionally, hoping that it seemed like I was paying attention and that I did not think she was crazy. Eventually, she seemed to realize that I had kind of glazed over. It's dangerous getting an, an old lady to talk about her coffee. But I'm telling you, the lava adds a rich earthiness that complements the acidity. She handed me a cup. I took a sip of coffee and gritted my teeth. There was no sugar, and it tasted like acidic tree bark. Yum! Thanks! We fell silent, and I pretended to sip the horrible coffee she had given me. Time drug out, and I began to feel the chill despite the summer and despite the fire. Hey, uh, I need to get home. I cannot stay out here all day. My parents are going to kill me when I get home as it is. Old Deb looked at me, sad. She finished her coffee and stared. Girl, you're practically wandering yourself. Even now, you're on the edge of something magical. You can turn around and walk away from this place. Or you could take a walk with me for a while. Feel a world that you could only imagine before. It might be that you get lost. Or get hurt. Or it might be that none of those things happen. If you found me and the place I'm from, that means you must want to wander. Adventure awaits. All you have to do is come deeper into the woods. Old Deb said all this in a somewhat sad voice. 
what? No, I can't just wander off into the woods with you. It's dangerous, and I have school, and my parents are already going to be mad when I get home, so they would definitely kill me if I got lost in the woods. Aye, that is a danger, getting lost. Run along home, girl. Maybe this life isn't for you. But if you ever feel the call to run away and see something new, maybe get a little lost. Come back to the forest. It's always waiting for you. She sprung to her feet and slung her heavy pack onto her back. She started to walk out of the tr- out of the clearing, the massive canvas and leather pack clanking and rustling as the various pouches, chains, bottles, and pans clanked against each other. As she walked away, she reminded me of how the go- about how the travel-worn goblin looked. How real, yet how whimsical. All I could do was, fi- was stare, feeling the tiniest pang of regret. Before she left the clearing, she turned. If you ever do follow me, dear, make sure to never forget home. Always keep something to light the way back. The day may come when you tire and wish to find home again. It did for me. Always keep a light and you'll never be lost in the dark. She left. I was there alone, standing by the embers of her dying fire. I felt more off balance there when I was more off balance there than when I was sitting in the hallway at school. I wanted to follow old Deb. I wanted to run away. The warm air behind me and the cold air ahead swirled and threatened a storm. The fire embers glowed and dimmed. Later, I walked in my front door. It was late enough that my parents were both home from work. It seems cruel to say, but I wish they had not been. I would have much preferred to get a few moments alone in my room, but that wasn't the case. So instead, I pushed through the door where they were waiting for me. It's a weird thing walking into a parental ambush. We all know what we're about to fight about. They knew I was dragging my feet. I knew they had enough time to stage this conflict. They were both sitting with forced calm at the dinner table. I'm pretty sure they had been rehearsing and discussing me while they waited. That was the worst part. I walked up to the table and just stood there staring at them. Well, how was your day? My mom asked in a phony voice. Really, what am I going to say to that? Lexi, it is easier to have a conversation if we both talk. My mom said again, her voice growing more stern. But still trying to maintain the forced calm. Would you like to sit? I dropped my backpack on the ground and slumped into the chair, leaning low and staring at my hands. I got a call at work today. Do you know what that was about? I still did not say anything. It was Mrs. Riff. She says that you were ignoring her in class again today. She says that you've been doing this for weeks. Really, ever since you started at this school. I told Miss Riff that you are a bright girl. And of course you did. I sigh. My mom has never been able to accept the notion that I might be average. Lexi, you are very bright. And you've always been able to read and do math. My dad's attempt at being supportive was the worst. (laughs) Yes, I have always been able to do math, but that sure does sound like (laughs) average to me. (laughs) My mom reaches over and grabs his hand, trying to tell him that she's got this. Lexi, I know you hate us for making you move and that being the new girl is hard, but that maybe it's not because I'm new. And I know why we had to move. Maybe I just don't like the stupid books. Or maybe I don't like the stupid class. Or maybe I don't like my stupid teacher. Maybe I'm just stupid. I don't know. But what I do know for sure is that you don't know the first thing about what's wrong. I jumped to my feet, knocking my chair over, and rush upstairs. 
Alexis, you get back here. This is Dave. Let her go. She needs to cool off, and we'll be continuing this conversation in the morning over a very cold breakfast. <laughs> My mom's voice grows louder and louder as I rush up the stairs, so she made sure I heard every word. Upstairs, I just sat on my bed, feeling empty. That was quite the dramatic exit. I did not mean to fly off the handle. It is just that people talking about me drives me crazy. I can just imagine the smug conversation my mom had with Mrs. Riff and my dad had with my mom, where they sculpted the perfect rhetorical questions that would convince me to pay better attention in class. Even now, I could hear the faint mumbling of my parents deciding what was wrong with me from downstairs. Well, I sat alone and thought about old Deb and wished that I had gone with her. That was the last thought I had before I fell asleep. It was a fitful sleep. I kept imagining old Deb and seeing goblins. I was started awake and just laid there thinking about the odd stormy feeling of the fire between warm and cold air. Finally, I couldn't take anymore. I got out of bed and crept downstairs in the darkness for a glass of water and maybe some leftovers since I had missed dinner. I opened the fridge to fill my glass and the light from the fridge illuminated piece of paper. It was a list with my mom and dad's handwriting on it. It was a list of all the things that were wrong with me and possible solutions. They had stayed downstairs all night just making a list, thoroughly deciding everything about me. Right then, seeing that list, something snapped, and I knew I wanted to wander. I wanted to find old Deb and to be somewhere aside from here. It's really hard to know what to bring with you when you decide to go on an adventure with a mysterious woman in a magical land. It's probably lots of good ideas. I should have brought food, matches, warm clothes, water, a backpack, cell phone, maybe even a sword. However, when I went crashing through the forest, hoping to find old Deb, all I had with me was my dad's giant mag light. I nearly didn't, but right as I was leaving, I remembered old Deb saying to always keep a light. So maybe I took that too literally. I crashed through a particularly thorny bush and found a roaring fire and an old patchwork woman lounging beside it. She turned to me and smiled. Thought I might be seeing you again, dear. And that is the end of chapter. Okay. First off, I was right. You are definitely blowing me out of the water. Second of all, the reason I didn't, like, for the audience, the reason I didn't, like, say anything during that, because I didn't want to ruin the flow, and because I was that into the story, I really liked, what was the word that you (laughs) kept saying, the word or phrase you kept saying again? Because I didn't catch anything. Oh, that's because I went through and removed a bunch of repetition. Because I was looking for things, like, Um, I didn't think you said anything over... If you go back and you really want to pay attention, just try to figure out how many times I say stare or look. That's fine. The other one that drives me nuts is when you write from the first person, does it ever bother you that every sentence ends up starting with the word I? That's the stuff I See, because I also wrote from first person, and that is what was bothering me. It's like the eyes and then the she said, she said, she said when I was writing. It's like, how do I end them talking without saying she said, she said, Eventually, she said. I just stopped. Yeah, like, same I here. just went, I'm going to do this in voice. I might start color coding it because I got lost a few times with who was yeah, saying what. I, I think um, I'm going to skip over it, but I do have it on like a lot of the lines. I think I'm just going to skip over it because, you know, I I can do the voice and you will tell the differentiations. But no, I, I liked it a lot. I kind of hate this idea because now I have to wait three more weeks to find out what happens. Like, Well, you only have to wait one more week for the next Yeah, chapter. but it's just like, now it's like, I'm invested. I really like this story. I 
it's definitely a lot different than the pitch you gave, which is fine. I um kind of well when the, the pitch you said like it, I imagine it be like a young young like maybe like ten year old girl like she's in middle I school. was thinking like six yeah I was thinking like and this young, is young young and this is much definitely, more like thirteen yeah definitely a teenager but yeah I I like the changes I'm excited to see where it goes I you. Did a very good job at writing the character. You did a very good job at making her feel like a thirteen-year-old. Like the set, the back sass, the kind of like how she feels, like how she was mulling over, how she doesn't think she's special. Like those are all a lot of things that I felt when I was that age, and like it made a lot of sense. And you did a really good job making that character feel like a character. So I can agree on that. The two little bits I was proud of was when she like is like, how are you? Oh, like that wasn't the right. Like, what <laughs> yes. did I do? For I you? love the like, conversation with her and old Deb. That wasn't right. That, <laughs> that wasn't right. I know that wasn't right. Or when she called old Deb old, and she's like, Oh, oh no, yeah. Uh, I really, really hi, like, the conversation between her and old Deb. Like the whole like, Oh, you're old. I kind of don't want to be having this conversation, but I'm going to yeah. be polite because I have to. That's how I was raised. Yeah. Like, be polite to the old crazy lady. Ooh. Yeah, it was supposed to be the accidental default of. I don't want to talk to a stranger, but she's my elder. So yeah, I, yeah. Like he's like, I have to be polite to the old lady, but she's right? she's clearly crazy. Yeah, I, I yeah, really, really, really liked it. I'm excited to see where I'm it's going. I'm glad that came across. Yeah, no, you you did a good job. So I mean, overall, I don't have like too many critiques. Like I think you did a very good job with Flo's storytelling, kind of gripping the audience. Me into it so i'm excited to see where it goes next i kind of hate that i have to wait a whole week but i'm excited and you better not call off any of these episodes because i will kill you (laughs) uh well i just won't eat tornadoes ever again yeah don't because like no i'm really i'm excited now i'm really worried about my story because i felt like you knocked it out of the park and i was like oh gosh i am sure it is gonna be great i am excited okay oh geez here we go okay so, I mean, I'm just going to get into the story. You will definitely figure out exactly what I'm doing as soon as I start speaking. I'm going to level... You just go. No, no, no. What, you're going to level with me. You want Ghost Train. I'm sorry, Cody. Is it not Ghost Train? Okay, that's okay. Because, it's okay. okay. So, spoiler... I'm not going to be spoiler, disappointed. The thing it's okay. Ghost Train, there's seven characters in Ghost Train. I didn't think I could write a cohesive story with so many characters and so many going on and have the interactions feel real and not rushed. That, that's parts of fair. this, that's like, especially because I already wrote the second part of the story. Parts of this do feel a tad bit like I yada yada, as I told you, I yada yada a bunch of stuff. Where I'm just like yada yada yada, and this happened. So we'll see. I'm worried. I'm going for it. I'm worried, but I'm going for it. The Legend of Emery, Part One, Magda. I was told to keep a journal, something that would help me collect the memories I was bound to forget. You see, I don't remember much before I woke up here. But the point of this journey was to remember who I was and find out who I am meant to be. I continue to keep this journal so I don't forget the people who helped me get to this point. The greatest of them was Magda, the woman who would change the breath forever. I share this story with my journal so hopefully others will know of the glorious maiden of Emory. It was years ago I had finally come to as I pulled myself through the darkness. I heard from deep within hissing voices that called out things to me that I would soon come to believe. You are nothing. You will always be nothing. And there is nothing you can do to change that. Worthless. 
so worthless. No one will ever want you. No one will ever need you. My eyes snapped open and I stared up at the sky above me. I was only alone for a few seconds as the hazy nothingness brought the voices back. I felt myself slipping into madness until I decided to sit up. All around me, as far as I could see, was wide open ocean. The water sat still mostly, but a moist breeze flowed, causing the water to ripple into waves. There I sat on a small boat. Well, calling it a boat is a vast overstatement. It was only enough wood to float. A back and two curved sides held enough room for a person to lie down. The boat barely had paddles, and if the waves were to pick up, I would probably be thrown under the current. But this was my boat. This was all I had. Maybe the voices were right. Maybe I was worthless. I laid back down on my back and stared up at the sky. There was no point in trying. I had a small dinghy, no supplies, no food. Maybe it was best to just give into the darkness. Well, that was until I heard a voice. It was unlike the voices that swirled in my head. It actually had color and life to it. Hey you! It called out. The voice was sweet and after a pause, it continued. Hey! Hey, come on! You better not be dead. Oh, oh God, I, I hope he isn't dead, it said, concern starting to settle in. I sat up and turned to face the voice. In front of me was a large boat, much larger than mine could ever hope to be. It had two sails that looked to be made of many different pieces of colorful fabric and red lumber making a sturdy structure. Across the starboard and port sides were many holes that seemed to be for cannons, but yet there were only a few cannons here and there. The ship was mostly red with gold accents and was much more ornate than mine was. It stood out against the gray-blue sky and the empty ocean. A large carving of a woman with her, oh, sorry, with her arms outstretched hung from the bow and above it leaned against the railings was the owner of the voice. All I can make out was a young woman with fiery hair wearing a red jacket and weathered blue pants. Um, are you talking to me? I called back to her. Well, yeah. Who else would I be talking to? She answered. She didn't sound annoyed at my question. Instead, her voice was extremely friendly. So, what are you doing all the way out here? It doesn't look like you have much on you. Honestly, I don't know, I answered. I tried to think of why I was here or how I even got here. But nothing came to me. My head was foggy and my memory completely blank. The only thing I could recall was the last few hours. Well, I don't remember. I don't remember anything, really. I said, trying to rack my brain for something. Anything that could help, but nothing came to me. What's up, Cody? You look like you have something to say. No, I, I oh, don't. You, <laughs> you have this sense like, I can't tell if he's like waiting for me to get to a point where he can interrupt. No, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Oh, she said, sounding concerned. That's not good. How about you come up here? I can give you some supplies and help you out a bit. You don't have to do this alone. Those words were comforting, but part of me didn't believe her. I stared up at her for a bit. I was in the middle of nowhere with no one else around. Was trusting this strange woman the best idea? Oh, come on. I don't bite. I just want to help, she called down. After some internal deliberation, I decided to take her up on her offer. She let down a rope ladder and I climbed aboard. The woman greeted me on the deck with a smile. Her teeth were a tad crooked, but her smile still shined bright. Her eyes were like emeralds, and up close her short red hair that fell just below her ears burned even brighter. She was beautiful, albeit dirty, and had a light about her that seemed inextinguishable. 
Welcome aboard the Lady Hope. I'm Magda, the captain around these parts, she said, beaming. What's your name? I paused. Did I even have a name? And then it hit me. I think... I think my name is Samet. Hey, you remember something. That's awesome. Where where do you get such a huge ship? I asked, looking around. It's beautiful. Well, compared to my nothing. Well, you see, you might not remember, but here in the breath, every ship is a reflection of ourselves. You see, the Lady Hope is a reflection of, reflection of how I am on the inside, she explained as she led me below the deck to her quarters. So, my ship is so small? Well, because of who I am? <sighs> they must be right. I am nothing, I said, bummed at the reality in front of me. She turned back to me and scrunched up her nose. Oh, come on, Sam. Don't be so hard on yourself. It must be because you lost your memories. Your boat will grow as you grow. Yeah, uh, I guess. We arrived at a room below deck that held a large decorative round table with some food spread on it and was lit by a hanging candle chandelier. There were a few ports on the far side of the room that let streams of bright light in. The room wasn't the cleanest. Supplies had piled here and there. She motioned to the table as if to say help yourself and then moved around it to sit in an ornate chair on the far side, propping her feet up on the table. The rest of the chairs in the room weren't as ornate, so it was as if she had her own captain's chair. Breaking the silence, she said, I'm serious, though. The Lady Hope started out as a small dinghy like yours, and, as I learned and grew, through magic of the breath, it turned into what you see today. It's just a matter of time. You can't say you are nothing. Your ship will only reflect that. I plopped down and took a second to think that over as I munched on bread and cheese. After a short silence, I asked, So what is that carving at the bow of the ship? Oh, so you like it, huh? That is the Lady of Hope. The goddess Gwyn, Magda said excitingly. She kicked her legs off the table and leaned forward to continue her story. My parents used to tell me of a woman who united the breath and all its people. She created a great community made up of people from all over the breath. No matter who you were, you could join. The people lived together in harmony, and together, their ships and community grew. It was, it was the most amazing thing, unlike anything that exists in the breath today. Imagine it, people from all over living together with the goal of bettering each other. But, unfortunately, through some disasters, the monsters that lived under the sea came up to destroy the hope that Gwyn had created, and scattered the community to all edges of the world. With that last note, she looked a little sad, but hope still poured off of her. So, has anyone ever tried to create a community, you know, the way Gwyn did? I asked, becoming interested. Well, many have tried, many have failed miserably, but you know, that happens. Failure is just a part of life, she said, leaning back in the chair. But, one day I hope to be just like Gwyn. I think I can pull it off. You aren't afraid to fail? If I make it, I make it. If I don't, at least I know that I tried. Stopping at just the thought that I could fail means that I will never try. And if I never try, then how will I know how things turn out? Gwyn didn't achieve her goals and become known as the goddess of hope by doubting herself. So, why should I? Magda said confidently. She wore a huge smile that showed off her crooked teeth. She was bursting with hope. What she had said inspired me. If only I could be like her. The voices would leave me alone and my ship like hers will become a force to be reckoned with. So, how are you going to do it? I asked. You said the monsters destroyed Gwyn City, and I assume that a place like this is just filled with all sorts of beasts. So, how are you going to manage to create a community in a crazy world like this? I, 
Have a trump card, she said slyly. Come here. She pulled a small tattered journal from inside her coat pocket. I got up from where I was sitting and moved to crouch next to her, but not before grabbing an apple to munch on. I was a lot hungrier than I thought. I must have been out there for on the water for a very long time. Take a look at this, she said as she flipped through the pages of the journal. Every page was filled with scribbles, maps, doodles of trinkets, monsters, and treasures. She finally landed on a page that she was looking for. The page was completely worn, as if she had looked at it every day for years now. On the page was a picture of a golden trident with many notes surrounding it, one of which pointed it out as the bolt of Olesion. Look here! This is the ancient artifact that has been hidden within the breath, away from mankind. Only one person has ever found it, my father. But he left it hidden because he deemed it too dangerous. If it fell out of his hands and into one's that had less pure intentions, then the breath as we know it would be completely changed. Why? What is it? I asked, fully invested. This trident, according to legends, has the power to control any beast the user wants to command. I believe that with it, I can control the monsters and send them far away from any community that I create. With that power, we would never have to live in fear of a monster attack and we could focus on the people. That's amazing! Did your father leave a map or anything? Well... No, things don't quite work like that here in the breath. Places only pop up when and where they want. Nothing ever stays the same. Some say if you really wish for an island to be there, it will be there. But there is no rhyme, reason, or even pattern to where things will be located in the breath. The belief is, if you have a quest, the winds of the breath will, gui will guide you there. And so I have been searching. But I know I will achieve my goal. You haven't lost hope, huh? I asked. She furrowed her brow a bit, but she still smiled wide. Not in the least bit. I believe that I will find the trident, and I will unite the people of the breath. Every day, I feel like I'm a bit closer to finding it. Who knows? It could have been the breath that led me to you, she said. The fire of determination was lit behind her eyes. What do you mean? I'm just a random person on a tiny dinghy in the middle of the ocean. What could I have to do with your trident? You could be here to help me find it, or... You could have nothing to do with it. So how about you decide? You want to help me find it? She asked, leaning in a bit more. This question caught me off guard. I wasn't expecting her to want me to join her. I thought she would give me food, a few supplies, and send me on my merry way. But this... this was unexpected. I sat down on the floor next to her and thought about it while taking another bite of my apple. Well? She asked. How would I even help you? I said in between bites. You saw my boat, I don't have any supplies, and I don't think I even know how to sail. Plus, your boat is much bigger than mine. I will be left behind in an instant. Oh, stop making excuses, Samet. I will teach you how to sail, and my ship has an almost endless store of supplies that I could, that I have collected over the years. If you fall behind, I have a tow line that we can use so you can keep up. Come on, it will be an adventure. And who knows? Maybe your confidence will grow along with your ship, she said, popping to her feet. But what if I just slow you down? What if you never reach your goal? She looked down on me with sincere eyes. Come on, Sammy. I am unstoppable. Nothing you do will ever stop me from reaching my goals. She said it, and I could tell it was truly sincere. So do we have ourselves a deal? She stretched out her hand, ready to shake on it. I stood up to meet her eyes and reached for her hands. Her hand. Yeah, we have a deal, Maggie. I said sincerely. Before grabbing my hand, her eyes flashed with a red-hot fire, and her hand shot into my chest. She turned harshly and slammed me against the nearest wall. 
Magda's gaze burned into my soul, and her generally happy expression had completely faded. Yeah, everything will be good as long as you never call me Maggie again, she said harshly, and she was dead serious. I took, took note of this, agreed, and then backed off. So, where shall we start? She said, the cheery tone returning to her voice as she trotted out of the room and back up to the main deck. I followed behind her quietly until we made it outside. She stretched out her arms and took a deep breath, looking towards the sky. Let the adventure begin, she shouted to the heavens. From that day, my adventure with Magda started. She didn't take a moment to rest and started immediately by teaching me the basics of sailing. After I got the hang of it, surprisingly, my boat grew. It was no longer the small dinghy, but it grew into a sailboat with drab-colored sails. It, was, it wasn't the greatest achievement, but it was much better than having to row after the Lady Hope. I named my ship Destiny because I felt that it was Destiny that brought me here. Magda taught me many things. She taught me the history of the breath, well, at least the histories that were handed down. She taught me how to fend off sea monsters, including monsters, including which monsters were friendly and which to avoid. She told me how to fish, how to hunt, and even how to cook. I quickly learned the ways of the breath, like when the winds of the breath and the water would change directions, and I even knew how to spot if an island was too dangerous to traverse. Turns out there are areas that stay the same, like the falls of Everly and the rapids of Grands. Magda was a true genius when it came to the sea. I felt like she knew everything. Nothing held her back, and she was quick to solve any problem that arose. The more I sailed with Magda, the less those hissing voices that lurked in the dark would come to me. Even the maddening sky that hung above our heads began to loosen its grip on me. Magda warned me to never lose myself to the skies. The skies turned even the best people into madmen. She had seen people go off the deep end and never come back. Magda was a light in the darkness. Well, that is if you never called her Maggie. Soon, days and weeks went by, and we finally set off to achieve Magda's dream finding the bolt of Alessian. I didn't know where to start, but followed Magda's lead. She held her dad's journal close, always referencing it. With every new island we crossed and every landmark, she would take note of it, just as her father did before her. She had been doing this for years and pretty much had the hang of things. We had crossed many other boats and people that had all held Magda to high regard. She was exactly the type of person to unite the breath. Finally, our journey led us to a small barren island. In a circle of rocks that, that almost seemed deliberate was a stone with the message, The goal you seek is in the ruins of Ketch. Magda recognized the name Ketch from her dad's journal and set, up, set out with a new fire. The journey led us across great expanses of ocean into many unique places. We crossed storms, sea monsters, and mysteries of all sorts until finally we found Ketch. After such a long journey, we had become a strong team. With Magda, I felt invincible. But of course, little did we know, our adventure was just beginning. And that's the end of my part. <sighs> Lay it on me, bro. Lay it on me. I liked it. Huh? Oh, no, I was going to say I liked it. I definitely think, like, stylistically, I am not... I'm trying to think of the right way to put this. It's no, clearly no, 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 bad. Stylistically, I am not I interested. Say, no, 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 no. I, uh... What I was going to say is I'm, I'm not annoyed by the use of okay. montage there at the yeah. end. Like, I kind of get it. Yeah, because you definitely... Um, like, if I was doing this at a novel thing, you would have all the little adventures in between. It would make sense. Like, 
I, I get have the four weeks to work with this. I can't have every little adventure and every little person they cross like coming into play. Well, and I think for you, like structurally, our stories just ended in two different places. Um, like if you were to look at a story wheel, which like I did, right? I drew mine at um, crossing the threshold, basically, which is like going starting the adventure was where part one ended. But for you, yours kind of went to like the like starting to have some of the, like the little adventures. So it's just like your story's mm-hmm. further ahead than mine. And I'm guessing I'm probably going to have to do some kind yeah. of montaging as well. Because I know you kind of mentioned that as something that yeah. you were not. And I'm not saying it's bad, but I know you mentioned it to me as something you were. Yeah, because when we of first like, pitched this, like of, you said that it's like it seems like this would be this would be the story that would be way too long because like building like the characters and building like their like their growth seems like it would take longer and then i said yeah but i could try to do that in montage ways which i am worried about that we're going like like i said i'm yada yada a lot of stuff i'm like and then this is as it happened i said like a lot of stuff in two sentences that were a lot of information well, and I mean, what, the thing, even when you mentioned that to me, what I was going to say is, like, have you ever read, like, Arthurian sagas? Yeah, yeah. Because there's just parts where they're like, and then they rode across the land killing dragons. Anyways, back at Camelot. You yeah, know, that, that's like, kind of what I did. They rode across, like, they found this island, they um, sailed across expanses of ocean, and now they're at the island to catch. <laughs> well, and I think it's important to show, like, how their relationship started. But that's not really the beginning of the story. This is the beginning of the story. You know what I mean? So it makes sense to go like in between there and here, they became a team. So assume team. Now we're going to tell a story, you know, which is understandable. You kind of have to do that at some point, like, or you just have to not set up relationships very well because like there's it's a short story. So what are you going to do? Like I said, the next part, I'm actually even more worried about the next part because I cover a lot of ground in the next section. Like, <laughs> I I cover a huge chunk of the story that I just talked about in the breath is all in this next part. And then the climax and then the resolution are like a little bit, they're a little bit smaller, more contained. I definitely covered as much as I did in the next part in order to be a little bit more descriptive in the climax and in the finale. So like the next part is definitely going to be a lot of stuff, which is I'm kind of worried because it's like I said, I say a lot of information in two sentences and that's like my biggest. Yeah. Well, and I mean, it's, it's kind of, I don't think it's bad is what I'm saying. I I think it's understandable for the, duration that we're sitting at what do you think content wise what do you think of the story itself do you do you want me to read my yeah. notes i took yeah notes. I, that's that's why i thought you were texting because i saw you like heard you typing a bunch. i was yeah i was i was and then, then i assumed like, oh yeah you're probably typing out your notes and i was like I'll yeah just so that way i wouldn't forget yeah. all right so here we go i get a mega man feeling from the beginning because of like the like you know in Mega Man where you start out and you suck and then you see like a more powerful version of yourself yes. and then you're like oh I want to be that yes, you know that's yes, kind of yes, like yes, that is good. Um, so like here's what you can be eventually well, and um, the thing that I did with the story in like it's very subtle is the com- having him compare him constantly comparing himself to someone else yeah 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 and like that very that's pa- that is yeah. part of like the whole not having confidence in like feeling like you're not because you're constantly comparing yourself to something better and that's i did that right. slowly but i definitely wanted to shove that in it's like hey he has like this is a guy who has like who 
doesn't feel comfortable with herself at all. Um, the, the next thing I wrote was, is her name red? This is before I learned her <laughs> name. Um, I wanted a very next... red theme with her. And... You got and, it. Yeah, and uh, then I just ended up making everything red. <laughs> okay, next note. We got we both got a thing for strange women. Right. Uh, my next. This is my next I like note, and I love women. it. In your crooked teeth and your weird eyes. <laughs> is Samet Janet? I love you. <laughs> That's my next. Note. I spe- there's uh, one scene coming later where I specifically have her say Samet, like almost like saying "damn it." Like. So. Oh well. Okay. <laughs> later on in my notes, Samet is going to be a future swear. <laughs> yes. That I specifically um, did that later. Samet. I liked it. I liked the fish out of water because it lets you set up the world yes. without, you know, like an explanation. Good idea. Yeah. Um, I, I've learned that by reading other stories. My next note is: You are inside me now, <laughs> inside my ship. Come below deck. <laughs> I knew you. Were, I knew you were gonna pull something perverted out of that. Like as I wrote, I was like, oh, oh yeah, she let me below deck to record. It's like I know he's gonna think something sexy about this. I just, I just had to as soon as it was like, this is me on the inside. Like, uh, yep, I, I knew it? you were gonna say something about that wording. Oh, jeez. Um, my next note is Samet is a sad boy. Does he listen to emo music? Um. Okay, so we talked about this a little bit on when we did Dark Souls. Samet is heavily based off myself. And like I said, in high school and in college, I was a sad boy. Like, I was a very sad boy. Uh, my next comment is, she is a dirty girl in response to her having dirty stuff all over her room. <laughs> why are you Sorry, making this? Why do you always have to turn Because it? this is my stream of consciousness I do, notes, I do Jordan. like this. this. I'm going to have to do this for you other than just... I did a stream of consciousness sketch where I just drew a bunch of stuff. So... I, I, I wrote down snarky notes. Um, I also like the Lady of Hope winky face. Well, it was um, literally the Lady of Hope is Gwyn from the story you told when you talked about the breath. I, I, I got that after I already wrote the kind of like mm. snarky note about it. Um, for real anime character, he's always eating. <laughs> he's like, he grabs some bread and cheese. He grabs an apple. I saw you laugh at that. I think that's when I stopped. It's like, you got something to say, buddy? <laughs> um... I also said I hope he always eats cute, fancy food like in animes, no. you know, where they're always like eating like. Really I just imagine just like um, it's food. It's not like fancy prepared stuff. It's just food. My next note is a prediction that I'm not going to tell, tell me. I won't. I, I want to brag. Say anything. I won't look at you. Just tell me. Just tell no, me, just tell no, because I don't want it to affect the it, story. In no, the, the story's already done. Just tell me. I don't just care. Tell I'm not me. telling you. Please, definitely bro, not just happening. Tell me. I want. I, okay, here's the part where I got to Sam. It is going to be a future swear. Um, uh, my next note is, uh, he is a sad boy. He's such a sad boy. <laughs> he is. Um, I liked the voices nagging. I thought that was a cool idea. Having like self-doubt nag at you and it like kind of getting dimmer when he starts to gain some more self-confidence and gets distracted you, by stuff. You. I liked that. I thought that was a cool, cool addition. And then my last note was montage. Talk about that, which we did at the beginning. Montage. So, <laughs> that, them were my notes. Samet Janet, I love you. <laughs> I, I do really like so that. <laughs> Samet Janet. <laughs> that, that's funny. Samet Janet. Janet, I love you. Oh, jeez. That's a weird movie. Anyways, I like Yeah, Rocky I know you do. That, that's show. a Sorry, very audience. weird movie. I, I need to watch it again, like, now that I'm an adult. Because I watched it, like, 
Um, I think middle school or high school, and I was just very weirded out by it. Oh, I loved it. It was one of those movies that had some shock value, so I would watch it. Oh, with yeah, no, it's that, that's like, exactly what the people who made me watch it like did. It was the shock value, and I was just like, I was just not into it. But like, I think I, I think I, I would like just, it watching it now because like it is that kind of extreme absurdist thing that I really like now. Yeah, like I yeah, I love it is absurdity. That's the right word, right? Yeah. Yes. You know the. It started when I wa- I watched like a couple of absurdist movies in a row, and I was like, "Yeah, I like this genre." Um, what sorry to bother you is the one movie? the one that comes to mind. I can't remember the other two. I don't think um, I've it's seen it. Decently new. It's weird, but it's pretty good. I'll I'll send you the trailer for it. I think I honestly I think you would like it. I I think you would. It's weird though, but of course absurdist. Anyways, we're way off topic. I liked your story. I'll actually write notes so we can have more of a discussion other than me being like, "I loved it. <laughs> I was so into it." No, that's that's fine. I just if I don't write like, notes, I will forget I mean, what I was you, gonna say. It had a say very nothing. good feel. I think you did exactly what you want to do with it. Yeah, I I was like there were little bits where I was writing it, and it was like oh, I feel well, good about when you that told, one. Because we talked about it in the pitch, I just um like edited the ep- the last episode like yesterday. We talked about the pitch and everything, and you said which one you were doing, and I was kind of worried because like. We had talked and you're like, you didn't know how you were going to wrap it up. And I was kind of worried that it was going to be really hard for you to write this. And I think so I, far you have a really good start to it. I have an outline that I feel good okay. about um, with kind of what's going to happen at the end and what it's going to mean. Okay. Um, so I I feel okay about writing an end for this story, but really... Like, the reason Agrarian was so appealing to me was I wrote the end of Agrarian. Yeah. Like, I wrote the last paragraph of Agrarian. Well, and here's um, the, like, sheer difference of me, and, like, most people don't do this, but I completely flesh out the stories in my head before I even begin to write them. That's why I knew that my, like, anime story thing was way too long, because it was days later after I came up with the pitch that I was still thinking of new stuff to add. This was contained I, within a day. I knew I know exactly where I'm gonna take the characters. Like, yeah, there's parts where I am having to like do a lot of like real estate in one part, but I like I know exactly where this is going and I know exactly how it's in it. I was like on the fly. I wrote a different end to this chapter than what it is, and then went back and deleted it. <laughs> it was like I don't actually like that. The and I, I can pull the curtain back on this a little bit because it doesn't really matter, but Originally, what was going to motivate her into the forest was chasing down a goblin that was robbing her house. See, I yeah, that's and I kind of thought that's where it was going. I thought she was going to in like kind of like the rabbit, the white rabbit. I thought she was going to follow the goblin and like yeah. get stuck type of thing. And the reason I didn't do that is that um, when I've read young adult fiction before, something that always irks me is the role of the mentor or the old person in the story. Um, I don't like it when adventure is assigned to a to a young person like they wouldn't choose it yeah. themselves. Okay, I like that. Um, so I wanted her to decide that she was not to be tricked into it, not to accidentally go there, or not to go there for some ulterior motives. She just wants to have an adventure and escape the monotony that she sees in her own life. So that's why she leaves. It's not because she feels like she has to, or because she feels like something is pushing her out the door. There's no Gandalf shoving her. It's like the offer's made. Like, 
hey, if you want to go on like, you know, a journey of self-discovery, it's here for you. You just have to walk out. I realize as you're saying that I kind of just subconsciously did that where I was like, I made it his choice. Like she offered and made it. I kind of, I didn't even think about it in remotely that kind of way. I was just like, oh yeah, it has to be a choice because whatever. That's just part of the story. Right. Like he he didn't like wake up and then something was stolen from him. So he had to go and chase down that something. Um, And also the nature of like how I imagine that goblin character and some interactions in the future. I didn't, necessarily want to portray this world as hostile so that was the other thing is i didn't want her to be fighting when her feet hit yeah the and that's exactly. kind of what i really so. like that it's it's not hostile so far it just seems like a very open adventure like yeah. anything like really that's why i'm so excited for the next part because anything could happen like you literally yeah, right. just well, you yeah. open the door and like hey there's something something down there it's like yeah it's a little too dark i can't see so i'm excited to see what's next or i can just get stabbed by a murderer who knows <laughs> but yeah no i'm i'm happy with it bro i'm really really happy with this episode and as usual we are over an hour i told you yeah well i, no, wasn't I, sure. I think the, i feel like mine i think was the plenty links long. were uh, yours was definitely longer than mine but i think the links were fine i think shooting for five pages yeah, is the I, right idea and i, I just definitely agree with pages. that and like so far mine are both about like 4.75 and i think that's fine yeah i was starting to type into seven and was like i need and to that's why you montage <laughs> right. yeah good episode yeah. we don't have any rolling or anything because this is what we're stuck with for the next three weeks definitely yeah. please send us feedback if you are listening our email is Podcast all one word at gmail.com there's two p's there's a shop p i also the respond to pigeon um yeah we do pigeon we do pony express um you can send it by submarine smoke, smoke signal. signal um air, hot air balloon owls. owls um ghost train you could send me Ooh, a howler. please don't send us a howler oh. like those it hurts my ears i can't it's it's, it's embarrassing yeah, but i live too. alone so it's not embarrassing to me Oh, except for my neighbors, sometimes <laughs> probably could hear it. Yeah, your neighbors yeah. would hear it. Yeah, it's sad how we go along with jokes like that so easily. <laughs> it's like it's really sad. <laughs> but um, yeah, um, Cody, plug your stuff. Check me out at World Shop Puck. Or no, that's nope, what this is. That's the one I'm on right now. Check me out at Wandering Gamer Network. We play. Check me out games. at World Shop Pockets. Hold on, <laughs> that's what you're listening to right now. Also, if you want to follow me on Twitch, like randomly i stream on twitch yeah he it's has no schedule but i love like getting on and watching with him it's very fun it is always with jordan talking and always with me sucking at dark souls right now so um i mean i looked away when you destroyed gwyn yeah right I you was, missed the whole part i was so mad that i and Where i looked I back and you had like you had a an eighth of a health bar i was like really well he had an eighth of a health bar I'm like really yeah i missed all of that because i was... stood there like a champ just Parry, I, stab. No, parry, man, I was stab, dodging. I was parry, rolling. Stab. I was backing. I was. I actually. The thing is, I remember after all my indignation, I did actually target um Gwen. Oh, I. I mm, oh, oh, Jordan. But I didn't target. Jordan. I didn't target many of the other bosses. I really. That's didn't. a mistake. You Bo- should be Z targeting. Yeah. Anyway, but um, anywho, you can check me out at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv. Um. It's going to be very hit and miss on these Sundays because I am going to be traveling a lot and doing a lot of stuff for work and personal stuff. But I do stream, try to stream every Sunday I'm here from um, 6 or 6.30 to 8 or 8.30. It's a, it's a two-hour stream. 
now that Game of Thrones is over, like I might go a little bit over, but who knows? I'm yeah, I'll be I'll be around. Um, other than that, you can check us out on Twitter, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere else. Um, getting us where as in many places at, in as many as doing the Lord's work. Anyways, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> we'll check you out next time. <laughs> I'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye.